1: It was supposed to be a trade deadline podcast, but uh, we've got our first coach and GM firing of the season. Welcome to another edition of It's a Football Podcast, brought to you by USA Today Sports. I'm Safa Dean, joined by Tyler Dragon, where are your NFL insiders with USA Today. Tyler, let's get right into it, man. Josh McDaniels and Dave Siegler have been dismissed. They are fired. <laughs> Raiders owner Mark Davis pulled the plug on the Raiders coaching GM Uh, in week nine here um, after the Raiders took a really bad loss, 26-14 to the Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football. Um, He cleaned house, man, cleaned house. Josh McDaniels is gone. Uh, The GM is gone. Uh, Offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi, gone. Um, Antonio Pierce, the linebacker's coach, former New York Giant, is now the interim head coach. Um, And assistant general manager Champ Kelly is going to be the new interim GM for the Raiders. They even made a quarterback change, man. Uh They even made a quarterback change, too. Jimmy Garoppolo will not be starting again. They're going to Hayden... I forgot his name. Hayden what, man? O'Connell. Hayden O'Connell will be the new Raiders starter as well. <laughs> it's kind of bad when you don't know the name of the Raiders starter and they're going to put him out there like that, right? Um And this is just really a quirky situation, man. McDaniels is obviously... um you know, becoming the, the first head coach ever to have two jobs and not finish your second season and, and be fired is, is rare air for sure. Um, but the Raiders just have issues up and down with that franchise, Tyler. Um, what was your reaction when you first found out about the news that happened around, I want to say maybe 11 p.m. Vegas time, maybe after midnight and, and 1 a.m. on the East Coast? To quote my favorite movie of all time, how are you going to get fired on your day off? <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, man, he, he deserves it. He 9-16 and 16 record over the last two seasons. You look at how the Raiders' offense was performing. It was really subpar. And, I mean, for them to – first of all, Jimmy Garoppolo um, leaves the league in interceptions – you look at their Raiders scoring offense, third worst in the National Football League. Uh, they had the worst overall offense in the AFC. Um, and Josh McDaniels is supposed to be an offensive minded head coach. So, this is your bread and butter, the offensive side of the football. You shift Derek Carr out to get a quarterback that you're familiar with and you like. He looks terrible, the whole offense looks terrible. Can't score points, and then the best player in offense, Devonte Adams, is becoming more and more disgruntled after every single week. I mean, he only has what ten catches over the last three games, and he's supposed to be a top three wide receiver and not number three. So, I really do believe that it was uh, warranted that Josh McDaniels is no longer the Raiders head coach. I don't wish anybody to get fired or anything, but he just. Didn't do his job well enough to keep the job. Now, going forward, Aiden O'Connell, I was there when he started against the Los Angeles Chargers at SoFi Stadium. He's going to have some rookie growing pains he did in that game against the Chargers. But you can see as the game went on, especially in the second half of that game, the speed of the game started to become more accustomed to him. And I, I do believe that he got more and more comfortable as things went on. So I think it's the right decision. In a small sample size, he's performed better than Jimmy Garoppolo and Brian Hoyer. And then with the Raiders' roster, how it's constructed, they're not going anywhere anyways. Uh, they'll probably still be competitive here on out for the rest of the season, but they're not a playoff team. I do like Antonio Pierce getting the interim tag. Uh, I remember him from, obviously, former NFL linebacker, New York Giants and everything. But he did really well as a head coach for Long Beach Poly. It's a powerhouse football, high school football team in Southern California. He was also a defensive assistant coach at Arizona State. Players respect him. So I, I, I'm interested to see how he does in the sideline. You know he's going to have the command and respect from his
1: players. So you're telling me uh, Antonio Pierce has more uh, coaching experience than Jeff Saturday did when he became the interim coach of the Colts last year. That's what you're saying to me? Uh, uh, Me and you probably have more experience than Jeff Saturday as uh, coaches (laughs) on the sideline. Maybe not playing football, but coaching. All right. So, look, I like Antonio Pierce kind of coming in and he's a player, a former player. Right. And Mm -hmm. players will gravitate towards that decision for sure. Um, he will know kind of what to say and how to encourage these guys and how to navigate the last, what, nine games, eight or nine games for the season uh, for the Raiders. But, um, you know, kudos to Mark Davis for making the right move. Uh, you know, firing McDaniels was not the right move hiring him. That's for sure. Um, but when you look at this Raiders franchise two years ago, October, John Gruden resigned from, um, you know, the the racist and misogynistic emails that he had uh, published in the new york times he didn't have them published new york times published them when they found them out um you know and obviously that scandal kind of came to a head in uh you know result of the washington commander's investigation um but but you look at the dysfunction that caused you looked at the first round picks and second round picks that gruden and mike mayock really missed on you know from 2019 to 2022 and then kind of you look at the same with the raiders here man Um, with with Josh McDaniels and Dave Siegler. Um, You know, obviously it was a huge mistake letting go of Derek Carr for them. Um, Obviously it felt like Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels were bumping heads and one of them had to go. Um, And now both of them are gone, right? And then you look at a player like Devontae Adams, who the whole reason why he signed with the Raiders was to play with his college teammate and Derek Carr. And now the guy's not there no more. Obviously he's going to have some, um, you know, upset feelings about that. And you look at Josh Jacobs, the, the, their star running back. Josh Jacobs was the only player in the NFL to, to have more than 2,000 yards from scrimmage last year. The only one, right? He led the entire league in yards, and he still had to wait until the season almost started to get a new contract from the Raiders here. And and that just led to him missing training camp and a, and a really, really slow start by their offense this season. You mentioned their lowest in points, their second lowest average in yards, and they haven't scored more than 21 points um, in a game all season long, um, which is really, really crazy to think about. Like you said, Josh McDaniels is supposed to be the offensive coach. Um, we all know that he worked with Tom Brady as Belichick's offensive coordinator during six Super Bowl titles. But he has become another fallen Belichick assistant, man. Mm -hmm. Um, It's crazy to see how Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, has really affected the lives and careers of all these coaches. And you can go through all the lists of of Belichick assistants. um, You know, and they've all suffered and not been great as coaches on their own, uh, Tyler. So uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what Mark Davis does here, because when you look at the Raiders, they're one of the most historic franchises in the NFL. And they're in a really exciting city in Las Vegas that the league really wants to promote and and make a big, big, um, you know, new history with the Raiders and here in the league. So I'm I'm really excited and, and kind of interested to see what the Raiders end up doing, because they're going to have a full on coach and GM search, which they should do, um, you know, which they need to do. It's a good thing that they fired both guys. I kind of hate it when teams fire one guy and and, and leave the other. Uh, making it hard for them to work together. But for me, this was the right move for Mark Davis. The only thing I would kind of be a little bit worried about or not worried about but um, kind of concerned is that, you know, the trade deadline just passed, man. Mm -hmm. The trade deadline was Tuesday, 4 p.m., right? And they fired this guy Tuesday night, 1 a.m. And so Devontae Adams is still on the team. Josh Jacobs is still on the team. Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the team. And I wondered if, if if, at all, you know, could you have moved those guys? Like, could, could you have had, you know, five or six draft picks in return for those guys? I mean, like Jimmy Garoppolo could have went to Minnesota. Uh, I don't know who would have took Devontae Adams' contract because he's the second highest paid receiver in the NFL. But, I mean, maybe he would have liked to go back to Green Bay. Who knows? Uh, Josh Jacobs, a lot of teams would you know, like to have a, a running back of his caliber for sure. Um, you know, the Miami Dolphins speaks of uh, as one team, I would say, as well, too. But uh, all those players are still in Vegas, man. And, and the Raiders kind of have to limp toward the finish line here. And we'll see how really well they do the rest of the season, because for me, I'm trying to position for draft picks at this point. Right. It seems like everything is kind of lining in that direction. But if Antonio Pierce gets these guys inspired and wanting to win, then. Raiders might mess them mess up a little bit more and, and kind of play themselves into a, a higher draft pick. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating because you wonder if this
0: job is going to be attractive for the next coach and the next GM. And if you rather would even want to interview with them, you look at other teams, maybe the Washington Commanders are going to be open. Maybe the L.A. Chargers are going to be open. There's a lot of, you know, possible Uh, cities and teams that could have vacancies with their head coaching position. With the Raiders, it's almost like you kind of have a blank canvas, but you don't know for sure because the quarterback, you know, is not going to be there unless Aiden O'Connell just blows everybody away. You're going to need a quarterback. You're probably not in a position to have the top overall pick unless you trade up. So you're probably out of the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. And then you look at the roster, I, none of us will be surprised that Devontae Adams asked for a trade this offseason. Zero of us, <laughs> the way that things are trending right now, we're, we're almost surprised it didn't happen at this trade deadline, as you alluded to. Josh Jacobs is on an expiring deal. So really, what do you have? And then you look at the defense side of football. It's Max Crosby and a bunch of Tito Jacksons. So who really do you have to build around? Max Crosby, maybe a a pretty good left tackle, but then – who else are you really playing with? Um, that's, I mean, you really don't have any building blocks that you're building with. I see you laughing, but I'm just being – really, you know, Tito, Tito Jackson, man. There's a lot of Tito Jacksons,
1: man.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, you got man. Max, Max Crosby and a bunch of Tito Jacksons on defense. That's, really just,
1: that's, that's a great way to describe how the Raiders are right now.
0: <laughs> and then an the offense is you've got Michael and Janet, and Devontae <laughs> and Josh Jacobs <laughs> and then everybody else is Tina. <laughs> oh <laughs> I
1: mean, I mean, man! Just being oh honest. man! Just being oh man! And now Antonio Pierce is who? Uh, what, what's the Jackson uh, dad name? Uh, what? A- R.I.P. God rest his soul. I forget his yes. name. I shouldn't Yes, yes, so we do name, too. But yeah, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> Antonio Pierce. He's cool. He's cool with my book. It's so it's so great to hear. Um, Antonio Pierce in his first uh, Joe Jackson man shout out to Joe Jackson, Joe Jackson. yeah Joe Jackson. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's um it's a, uh, it's kind of you like you said you were listening to the Antonio Pierce press conference and he's mentioning NWA and we know what those guys kind of did for the Raiders brand wearing it so much throughout the 90s um mm-hmm. you know this is a proud and passionate fan base you look at everywhere they've been from LA to Oakland now to Vegas and you know their fan base has read you know you know, ridden the highs and and they've continued to ride the lows here. Um, you know, as the team has kind of gone over to Vegas now. So I'm just interested to see. It is kind of a quirky uh, coaching job. It's not a you know the Vegas aspect um, kind of changes things for some coaches. Maybe um, I don't know if some coaches are ready for the Vegas uh, you know kind of atmosphere. Maybe of of having opposing road teams come to the stadium and sell out. or or buy more tickets than your home fans will because most Raider fans are not from Vegas. You know, you still have to kind of work your way into that community. Whereas Raiders fans from Oakland or or LA are going to come over and, and and go to the games, things like that. So, um, you know, from an atmosphere standpoint of, of where the franchise is, Obviously, the NFL wants it to succeed. The The Raiders are in prime time more than we want to see them. Like, we're going to see Jets <laughs> Raiders in prime time coming up real soon, unfortunately, right? Um, but but I'm interested to see how this this kind of all turns out for Mark Davis because he's made two bad moves. And, you know, three, look at what he's... Three, you know, three okay. The Raiders, the Raiders shouldn't have left open. Yeah, that's very true, too. But... You got to follow the money. And, um, you know, look, look in the WNBA, the Las Vegas Aces, the team he also owns, just won two titles. So it's not, you know, he, he knows what to do when he puts the right people in place for a WNBA team. It's just hard to figure out for the NFL side. So we'll see how this goes, man. Tyler, let's get into the trade deadline, man. This was supposed to be a trade deadline podcast, right? <laughs> and uh, this was a kind of relatively quiet trade deadline, in my opinion. You know, we didn't have, well, maybe it, it, it's it's different for your opinion, but, you know, didn't have like a Christian McCaffrey move or something like that to really swing the pendulum, although the 49ers swung the pendulum anyways, right? Uh, getting Chase Young from the Washington Commanders only for a third-round pick um, was probably the biggest move of the day. Um, The Chicago Bears have to be really upset knowing that they paid a second round pick for Montez (laughs) Sweat, knowing that Chase Young was available for a third round pick. Um, I have some thoughts on the Chicago pick for sure, Um, Tyler, but I wanted to get your thoughts on Chase Young. You're very, very a big fan of the 49ers defensive line and the defensive unit. You called them out on It's a Football podcast last week because they had their loss to the Vikings. I told you the Bengals were going to beat them. You didn't listen to me. And now I know you're happy about Chase Young going to the 49ers defense, man. Well, I'm calling out the 49ers
0: defense again, especially their defensive line because they've underperformed all season. And the way the 49ers defense is built, they need that front four to get after the quarterback because the secondary is weak. And it's really a star-studded defensive line. Now with Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, Eric – I mean – it's a who's who list on the defensive line. They should have the best D line in football going forward for the rest of the season. That should spearhead them into the playoffs, and for their sake, maybe a, a Super Bowl uh, appearance. Um, but yeah, of course, I like the move. It's kind of a low risk move, too, because Chase Young is on an expiring deal. He's going to be motivated. He's going to be playing in meaningful football games. The commanders aren't in meaningful football games, and he's going to have the bright lights around him. He's not going to have to face double teams because those are going to be Nick Bosa's way. He's Mike gets blocked by a tight end almost a lot of times because a lot of guys are going to be focusing on the interior guys too. So it, I really do like the move for the 49ers. Um, I would have would have liked them seeing them uh, maybe get, up, get a cornerback in the trade deadline. Uh, I can – believe that they'll probably draft the corner in the upcoming nfl draft regardless hold on hold on
1: hold, on hold on you said you said corner or quarterback corner Conceived. oh i agree i think the 49ers need a quarterback oh, but, um, my goodness. oh oh you think they need a cornerback okay okay go ahead they, go need, ahead. they need a corner they need they need a
0: cornerback to and i know where you're going with this you are not high on brock purdy we will get on I'm that not- too I'm not where we, we, we can get on there we, right now.
1: We can get on it right we now. Will, we
0: will get on that too. But they definitely <laughs> need a cornerback because they can't guard anybody out there. Um, but yeah, I do like moving. Also, I have to mention the Seattle Seahawks. Leonard Williams on that defensive line, that is a solid move too. So I think the 49ers definitely won the trade that line. But a close second, Seattle Seahawks. And they're going for it. They see. The 49ers faltering a little bit. They swooped in, made a move. I mean, they're leading the division right now, I believe. So the Seattle Seahawks, they are uh, ones to also give a shout-out
1: to. So go ahead, Soffit, Give me all your Brock Purdy hate. Go ahead. <laughs> but one thing is for sure, you are right about that. Seattle is leading the division over the 49ers right now. The NFC West is a little bit more open than it seems at the moment. And – um you know, I, I'm. I really like the move for Seattle, like you said. Leonard Williams is a monster at defensive tackle. Um, the depth is really going to help Seattle, and especially when you're looking at who you have to face in your division, right? They're going to have to play San Fran, um, I believe, twice, right? They haven't played yet this year, so it's a big move for them. Um, you know, you got to slow down Christian McCaffrey up the middle. You have to worry about the the 49ers' blocking scheme. You got to get after Brock Purdy, who's mid. And I, I like the move for them. They have enough. I think Geno Smith might be a better quarterback than Brock Purdy um, in that division. Can't can't argue with me on that one there. But Brock Purdy had, you know, two interceptions in the last two games. Granted, the first game against the Vikings, it was after a concussion. Um, so don't want to hold that against him there, too. But um, for me, for me, Tyler, you know, we, you, you sent a joke to me and I kind of thought about the 49ers in the same way. I, I think it's going to be up to Brock Purdy. To help the 49ers win the NFC title game and get to the Super Bowl and potentially win the Super Bowl. Um, you have Christian McCaffrey, you have all of those guys on defense. Mm-hmm. You don't have any excuses. You really don't. It's got to be on Purdy and it's got to be on him being ready and prepared to play. And we've seen him very, very prepared to play um, throughout the course of his career. It's just these three games have really, really disrupted the 49ers. Sometimes, So Brock Purdy's best skill is probably
0: his anticipation and his ability to take care of the football. Those were his best traits since last season. Those traits have hurt him the last three games. And you can see it even in that Minnesota Vikings game. He was anticipating receivers being there, and that cost him interceptions. And this past game against the Bengals, I mean, he's just – Loose with the football, throwing ill advised passes. That interception with Jermaine Pratt should have never been thrown, or he should have waited, got Jermaine Pratt clear, and then thrown it. I Me, mean, you can't have those interceptions in the red zone. Can't have those interceptions, period, like that, especially close to the goal line. If he does not turn the ball over right there, we could be talking about a different outcome in the game. But yeah. It's hard for me to defend Brock Purdy-Soffitt. You, you hit a man while he's down. <laughs> he's <laughs> lost three games in a row, and he's looked uh, terrible in those three games. He's looked like a seventh-round uh, draft pick, the last yeah, pick he in the draft. He's played like he's irrelevant in these past <laughs> three games. So yeah. hopefully the bye week he's able to watch tape, develop a little bit more realize what defenses are doing to him realizes what mm-hmm. the, he needs to improve at, and go out and play better now it does you do have to say that the 49ers are without the best left tackle in football okay. and Troy yes. williams mm-hmm. and one of the best receivers in the nfl too and debo samuel especially the best receiver when he has his hands on the wall i mean he's one of the best yard receivers in the nfl so that hurts the 49ers offense so give brock pretty that and let's see what He's going to do going forward, but he has to stop turning the ball over because that was one of his strengths entering this season, his ability to take care of the football and give the football to his special playmakers who can get those yak yards.
1: Yeah, I agree. As much as I want to say here in Parade that Brock Purdy is, is is mid and the 49ers need to make a quarterback move so they don't waste this Super Bowl window. I really know the real genesis of their losing streak. And for me, it's Trent Williams not being in the game. Um, sometimes a left tackle just has tremendous effect on how everything runs um, for a team's offense. And you've kind of seen it in the last couple of games here. You know, McCaffrey has been able to get in the end zone and extend his touchdown streak. I think he's at 17 games right now. So one more for the record, but um, you definitely see where he's been missed because, you know, Brock Purdy feels a little bit rushed at times or, you know, the offense is not gaining as many yards as well, too. And then, you know, Debo Samuel is also a piece in that, too. But I think it's more Trent Williams in that. And also the defense has definitely left a lot to be desired. And, you know, after the game, uh, Kyle Shanahan was asked if Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator who's been in the box, is going to come down on the field because. Robert Sala and their last defensive coordinator. Who was their D, D coordinator again, man? Was that D'Amico? D'Amico oh, that Ryan. D'Amico Ryan. Yes. Uh-huh. Was Robert Sala and D'Amico? <clears throat> yeah. So all those guys were coaching on the field. Steve Wilkes has been in the in the booth. So we'll see how that move kind of works out for them during uh, you know after the bye week and for the rest of the season. But I'm concerned about the 49ers only because they lost these three games and they're kind of losing ground in the in the NFC you know home to home field advantage race here you know we saw the eagles kind of run away with the last year they have a huge lead and the lions are second in the NFC right now and i think if if it's going to come down to 49ers eagles where that game is going to be played is going to be uh for me where the winner is going to come right if it's in san fran i think uh the 49ers win and if it's in philly i think the eagles win again and so i think you know the 49ers have to really you know step it up win out as much as they can and hope the eagles fall Uh, to to their schedule, too. The Eagles have a tough schedule. Uh, Cowboys twice, Bills, Chiefs. Um, I think the Bengals are in the mix, too, there, too. So um, the 49ers can make up some ground here, Uh, but I I still think the Eagles are still in a little bit of better position because they have the quarterback.
0: Do you think the 49ers could win a real
1: playoff game in Detroit? Yeah, I think they could. I think they could. Detroit, I, I think they're better than Detroit all across the board, really. Um, but it's just, you know, playing in Philly is different when you're not playing mm-hmm. a team that you may not be better than all across the board. You mm-hmm. know, maybe you're kind of stacked at the same level, but you're not better or or, or significantly worse. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I feel about the NFC. Um, Tyler, did the, the Bears move for Montez Sweat, did that kind of raise a little eyebrow for you like it did for me? I have no idea what the Bears are doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, are you
0: Are you rebuilding? Are you trying to get better? Are you trying to lose out on the quarterback sweepstakes? Are you keeping Justin Fields? Is he your quarterback of the future?
1: I have no idea. Yeah, I have no I, idea. What I will, think
0: he is. So, so I think if you Justin have the number Fields... one
1: pick. You're you're keeping Justin Fields over Caleb Wood. They had the number one pick last year and they traded it away. You know what I mean? Like, so, uh, you know, I really don't know what Ryan Poles is doing. I think he's going to be the next GM to be fired kind of soon. Maybe not this off season. maybe next off season if the Bears are still worse. But they have not gotten better at all. Iber um, is not a good coach. Um, Justin Fields has been hurt, yes. But literally, when you watch Tyler uh, Bajan play, right, uh, on that Monday night or the Sunday night game against the Chargers, you kind of realize, like, it's everybody else on the team. It's not the quarterback. It's kind of everybody else on the team there. Uh, for the Bears to pay a second-round pick for Montez Sweat, um, a player that they're going to have to sign to a big contract, um, you essentially waste a second-round pick because they could have got him in free agency, right? Like, that was my initial take from the trade. And then they're kind of in a, a team going nowhere. You gotta The second-round pick is going to be, like, one of the first picks in the second round if yeah. you're one of the worst teams in the NFL. So you gave up a if very high second-round pick for it, too. Yeah, they gave up a really high second-round pick, and yeah. then they have to pay Sweat. It just didn't make sense, um, you know, to me. And I think, you know, the quarterback move situation, like I would have taken Anthony Richardson over Justin Fields if he wanted a running quarterback, you know what I mean? Like he's bigger, um, could develop, has a higher ceiling than Justin yeah. Fields. Um, you know, that's my opinion on what the Bears should have did. Um, you know, but, but for them to go get DJ Moore, and make a trade all the way back to nine, and then, you know, you're trading away picks when you have two first round picks and you're going to be lined up for early second. It's just not good team building. I think they could have gotten an edge rusher in the draft. Maybe the position is not as deep. Maybe you wait another year for it, but you got to go sign the guy in free agency. You don't go trade away a second round pick and then lose that, you know, whoever that could be, you know, it could be a good player. It could be a bad player. Right. But, you don't know who it could have been because you're paying. You're going to be end up paying Montez Sweat a contract at the end of this year. Yeah, I see what you're saying. The Bears were active in free agency
0: last offseason, got Tremaine Edmonds and a few other players. How are those guys working out for that defense? Right now? <laughs> not, not great. Man. Not great. <laughs> so I mean, I, I mean, I feel like the Bears are just throwing darts on the wall and seeing if they stick. And if they don't stick, then they'll reevaluate this offseason. Uh, I don't even think they have made a, a firm decision on Justin Fields' future. Um, if they end up having a top-two pick, especially if it's number one, I can see them parting ways with Fields and trying to get some draft uh, assets for him. Uh, but, yeah, that the Sweat move just felt odd to me. It, se- it seemed to me that Josh Sweat would have been better utilized with the contender, somebody who's going – to you know need him for a playoff run but Mm -hmm. if you have assurances that Josh Sweat is going to sign there next season I can see why you do it because the Bears do need some pass rushers Mm -hmm. I mean they have Yannick Ngakwe but he's old not going to be there probably Mm -hmm. next year so maybe start building around Sweat Edmonds on defense and see what else you can start building around them but offensively it's just a lot
1: (laughs) that the Bears have to figure out yeah definitely Tyler Uh, another move that um, was really intriguing to me at the trade deadline was Josh Dobbs leaving the Cardinals and going to the Vikings after Kirk Cousins had his uh, Achilles injury Um, it was interesting because Kyler Murray is healthy, didn't come off the PUP, did not play against the Ravens last week. Um, this week, the coach of the Cardinals, Jonathan Gannon, said that either Kyler Murray or rookie quarterback Clayton Toon, who was the third string or probably the backup to Dobbs, who knows? Those two guys were going to start, not Dobbs. And then you kind of wondered where was Dobbs going to end up after, you know, starting the first eight weeks of the season and then being benched essentially. Like, it seemed like Kyler Murray, they were gearing up for him, but they're going to start the rookie next week in Arizona. Um, That's a whole other topic because they should be tanking and trading away Kyler Murray to the Falcons or somebody, right? Um, But I I was actually happy to see that the Cardinals kind of did right by Josh Dobbs in this situation, sending him to Minnesota. And he's going to get a chance to play right away, right? Um, Kirk Cousins' Achilles injury is obviously very sad for him. Uh, I know a lot of people fell in love with Kirk Cousins from watching him on the Netflix quarterback series. A really great guy. Very good player. Um, You know, not great, which is, you know, fair to say about him. But the Viking season has kind of gone to to wash. Right. It's it's kind of a wash Mm -hmm. now. Um, Justin Jefferson's hamstring injury um, in week two or week three, I believe, early on, you know, kept is going to keep him out, you know, four to six weeks. We're kind of on the past the halfway point there. But um, with his cousin's injury and the fact that he was on the final year of his deal, doesn't have an extension, um, everything kind of sped up really quickly for the Vikings on uh, Monday and Tuesday, man. Seems like Josh Jobs is like the bridge quarterback for the NFL now.
0: Like, if you don't have a quarterback, you need a quarterback for short term, you sign Josh Jobs. If you're a hey. quarterback, quandary – we'll trade you Josh Jobs. <laughs> like, it's, it's better it than Matt Schaub getting the job, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it, it is, it is. So those two names, uh, Schaub, they almost, they, they rhyme kind of bit. So, oh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, because he can, learn the playbook fast. Everybody, you know, praises his ability to pick up things quickly. He's a rocket scientist. We all know the whole nine. Um, But for the Minnesota Vikings, it is sad, though, because they're not going anywhere. They started terrible. They started to get some momentum, and then Kirk Cousins gets hurt in a game that they win, by the way. But it just feels like that the Detroit Lions are going to run away with the division. The biggest concern I have is the Vikings have to somehow – Convince Justin Jefferson that this is his home to stay and the future is bright for the franchise because they did not give Justin Jefferson a long term deal. And pretty soon he's going to be like, okay, I don't, I'm unsure about the direction of this franchise. You didn't sign me long term. Is he going to ask out? Because if he asks out, then you're really in rebuild mode because that's the only piece you really have to build around you're probably going to end up having to re-sign Kirk Cousins again and go through this uh, another year. He's hurt. You don't have a quarterback plan for next year or the year after that. So I can see them signing Kirk Cousins to a short-term deal, maybe two years, and then drafting a quarterback in the second, third, or fourth round to see if he's your quarterback of the future and try to, you know, mold him in. But, yeah. The Vikings, they are in a bad situation right now because you see an emerging team like the Lions coming up. The Green Bay Packers are middle of the road, and then you have the Vikings just trying to figure themselves out.
1: Yeah, man, if the Bears were smart, and I know this would never happen because they're in the same division, the Bears were smart. They would send all the draft picks to the Vikings and just go sign Justin Jefferson, right? Since they're in the business of wasting draft picks and spending money, they would be great throwing the ball. Who's going uh, the ball? Justin Fields will. Or? Justin Fields oh. will. Justin Fields will. Oh, okay. uh, better, better than anybody else Minnesota can get uh, in the <laughs> meantime until Kirk Cousins recovers. But the Vikings are a really interesting case study, man. They won so many close games last year, made the playoffs, lost to the Giants in the playoffs, I believe. And yeah. uh, you kind of knew their run last season was a little bit of fool's gold. And the way they started this year was just really bad. And, and, and it sucks to see because the Vikings have some good pieces around them. Jordan Addison's a rookie receiver stepped up in the last couple weeks. TJ Hawkinson got paid from them. We saw Detroit make the trade of the Vikings for that. So why can't the Bears do it, man? Why can't the Bears trade with the Vikings? I don't know. But uh, just a thought. I just I don't know how Justin Jefferson's contract situation is going to go because Minnesota hasn't really paid their star receivers in the past. Right. Randy Moss got traded away. I think Chris Carter didn't get paid as well. So Mm -hmm. history isn't really on their side there in that point. But Justin Jefferson should be the highest paid quarterback. uh, Excuse me, the highest paid receiver in the NFL. Probably should be the highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL, um, you know, because he is so talented. And we saw what he did last season.
0: If you were the owner of a football team in the GM, would you trade Justin Jefferson for Tyree Kill if you had Tyree Kill already? If I had Tyreek Hill already, uh huh. If you're the I Dolphins mean, it, owner and GM, would you, yeah, they offered to Justin Jefferson? You would trade Tyreek Hill? Uh, no, I wouldn't trade Tyreek Hill. No, okay. No. I just wanted For, to get you on record saying one, or yeah.
1: No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. When you look at the two players, I mean, Tyreek Hill's a future Hall of Famer. Nobody's kind of ever going to do what he's done at his size and his speed. Um, he's a unicorn on the field in the same sense, Justin Jefferson is a unicorn too. Like, for me, it's apples and apples. It's not really an apple and orange thing. You're still going to have a premier number one receiver.
0: Okay,
1: fair enough. I just want you to
0: record saying one or the other.
1: Yeah, if I was a GM or owner of a team, man, we'd be we'd be winning Super Bowls every year. We'd be oh, winning well, Super well. Bowls every year. That's just Lord. the truth. Tyler, you would be my assistant GM, man. We would kill it. If me and you on no, the Raiders, Lord. we would turn Vegas around, man. We we would disagree because you would want Tua and I would want Justin <laughs> Herbert. We would just be a <laughs> button heads. One of us we, had to we, go we, stop it. We, we, we'd, figure, <laughs> we'd figure it out and steal Patrick Mahomes, right? We, we'd figure oh, okay. it out. Uh, we yeah. have Mark we Davis money. We we'd time. be okay. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Tyler, let's get into my favorite topic On the podcast, it's our favorite. It's where we make our picks of the week. Tyler and Safid, we pick five games each and every week. And I want you guys to know something right now: you guys should listen to us, man. Tyler has been three and five and zero, excuse me, on three of weeks, three weeks this season. Out of the eight, Tyler's been three and uh, five and zero, excuse me. And I have been five and zero two other weeks as well too. All right, so out of the eight weeks, we've made picks. Tyler and Sofit have gone five and zero, oh and five out of the eight. I mean, you, you guys can make Pretty some good. money if you're listening here. You guys can make Pretty some good. money here. I would say you should listen to Tyler a little bit more than myself because Tyler, I counted it up. I counted it up. Tyler, you are twenty nine and eleven, and all our picks through the first half of the season. Congrats to you. You have a two game lead over me. I'm twenty seven and thirteen. Yes, that's good I, too. I let a couple one in four uh, weeks get, get get the best of me. Probably just one one in four week, but um, last week was all over the place or a couple weeks ago with with some bad teams winning over some good opponents. Um, but let's get right into our week nine picks of the week. Tyler, let's spend a little bit of time talking about the big daddy of them all, man. Dolphins, Chiefs, Sunday morning in Frankfurt, Germany. Um, Tyler, you know, it's against my, uh, my, my beliefs to pick against the Dolphins. So I'm taking the Dolphins over the Chiefs. I'm taking the Dolphins over the Chiefs. I think any other week, any other place in the world, in America, excuse me, any other place in the country, whether it was Kansas City or Miami, I would have taken the Chiefs in this one. But I think because it's in Germany, Tyler, and the Dolphins got there Monday night and the Chiefs stayed home and did some Halloween, you know, Halloween trick or treating, And I still have no idea when they're leaving to go to Germany to get adjusted and all that. That's probably the only reason that's giving me a lot of conviction and picking the Dolphins in this one. But uh, the Dolphins still need a win, uh, get a win over a tough opponent. This is their real litmus test. You know, they lost to the Bills and the Eagles, but those teams didn't win the Super Bowl. The Chiefs actually have won the Super Bowl twice. And so uh, I think this is a real litmus test for Miami. And I told you why I'm picking the Dolphins, Tyler. I'm surprised you didn't mention the performance last
0: week didn't give you a vote of confidence because the Chiefs were awful last week, especially, I can't believe I'm saying this, on offense. And their receivers continue to be a problem. Stop it. I feel like every single podcast I've said the Chiefs receivers are an issue. So I'm not Uh going to say it again in this podcast, even though I already did. Um, (laughs) I am going to pick, even though I don't have a lot of confidence, no. I'm going to pick Chiefs, one, because I want to go against you, two, because they have the best player on the field and Patrick Mahomes. And I do believe that the receivers are starting to hear a lot of this noise. And I think Rasheed Rice is going to develop into a pretty good player. And can the Dolphins stop Travis Kelsey? Isaiah Pacheco, the Dolphins struggle against the runs off it. You know that. They Isaiah struggle against Macheco, the run and tight ends, man. So it's a <laughs> yeah, bad matchup. So, <laughs> Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey. And that Chiefs defense has quietly been playing good this season. The, we're yeah. just waiting for the offense to catch up. So I got Kansas City and Germany. I'm going to wake up early
1: for that one, too. Yeah, definitely. I think that has Game of the Week potential. It is uh, a little bit unfortunate that we won't see, you know, Tyreek Hill go back to Arrowhead Stadium in that one. But Germany's getting probably one of the best games of the NFL season. Congrats to them, um, and, you know, congrats to them. Uh, let's get into another big matchup. We got the Seattle Seahawks visiting the Baltimore Ravens in this one. Uh, let me look up the past week here. We know the Ravens have been winning a lot, man. Ravens had a 31-24 win over the Cardinals last week. They are 6-2, and two, but the Seahawks aren't too far behind. They won 24-20 to the Browns. They're 5-2. Like we mentioned earlier, they're ahead of the 49ers in the nfc west uh tyler i know who you're gonna pick i know who you're gonna pick so go ahead and tell me why you're gonna pick them. this is going to be the most physical game of the week it's in baltimore
0: i'm a closet baltimore ravens guy because of my time at howard university so i am going to pick lamar jackson and the baltimore ravens since i'm a closet baltimore ravens supporter baltimore
1: ravens stop it yeah, I mean, don't forget they're they're your favorite to pick that to win the uh, AFC North and, and probably the, and the, the Super Bowl, Bowl right? They're and your the Super Bowl, Bowl pick, yes. Wow, that's can, just because I, I like
0: the way the roster is constructed, and it's you have to admit
1: the Super Bowl pick is looking pretty good right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Zay Flowers is the best receiver on both teams, right? <laughs> when you think about yeah, it, I mean, from the Chiefs, you would, from the Chiefs and the yeah. Ravens, you're probably the best receiver on both teams. Yeah, I don't know who's second. Probably right. Odell Beckham. Odell ain't catching enough (laughs) on my fantasy team, man. Odell's not catching enough on my fantasy team. Look, uh, I'm going to take the Ravens in this one, too. Um, I like Seattle. I like them a lot. Um, I like their offense. Um, I'm just going to take the better quarterback in this one. And Lamar Jackson, Mm -hmm. give me Lamar Jackson over Geno Smith every day of the week. Really? You don't want Geno over Lamar? I like Geno a lot, man, but come on. Come on. (laughs) Come on. Uh, This is a little bit of a quirky game, Tyler. We got the Los uh, Angeles Rams going to face the Green Bay Packers this week. Um, Obviously, Matt Stafford is dealing with a thumb injury. Um, You heard it in their loss against the Cowboys last week. So he's going to be at least questionable, may not play at all. And you look at the Packers, who are 2-5, and probably one of the youngest teams in the NFL. Uh, Jordan Love's first season as a starter is not going great. They probably have one of the lowest rushing, um, you know, totals this year with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. And you got a mute button over there, Tyler. It'd be great to use it. You know, it'd be be really cool if you had a mute button over there. (laughs) Whenever whenever it's done, we'll we'll pick it back up. It's still going.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You sure it's not your car? No, it's not mine. Oh, it's off. Woof. Woof.
1: That was long, Somebody I got the carjack. All right, we got a quirky matchup here this week between the Los Angeles Rams and the Green Bay Packers. Now, Matt Stafford is dealing with a thumb injury. He suffered in the Rams' loss to the Cowboys last week. And we also have the Packers, who are probably one of the most youngest teams in the NFL. Jordan Love's first season is not going well as a starter. And uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are not running the ball nearly enough for your fantasy team or mine. So Tyler Rams and Packers in Lambeau Field. what you got in this matchup, man? The Packers are
0: similar to the Bears to me and I really don't understand what's going on. And I say that because they have talent to be competitive, but then they lose games that are real head scratchers and you look at their offensive line, you look at their running backs, say, okay, they got some work will pieces, look at their defense. But then they just underperform, and it just looks like they're out of source. They don't have any identity. And then I look at the Rams. They're pretty much as I expected. However, they're a little bit better. <sighs> I'm going to pick the Rams just because they're in L.A. I, know, Packers, you're- I don't know.
1: I don't, I don't know what I'm going to i pick the Rams. I don't know. Tyler, Tyler's an L.A. guy. He's going to ride for the Rams and Chargers, and both of them have disappointed him really much uh this season um i'm gonna pick the uh yeah the whole season i'm gonna pick the packers in this one tyler um give me the packers coming off a bye they got to figure something out they are young like literally all the pieces that they have are young and should be talented enough and you know matt lafleur is you know one of the best young coaches in the league He's got to do some coaching, though. He's got to stop having, uh, you know, the breakdowns on the sideline. He looks like the most frustrated coach because the Packers are not getting everything right. But when they get it all together, I think they'll be good in the next couple years. Give me the Packers at home this week over the Rams. I don't like the Rams without Matt Stafford. Whoa, 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 whoa! We didn't say Matt Stafford wasn't. If Matt Stafford doesn't play, I get to switch. Stop it. There's no caveats. There's no caveats on our picks. You know this, Tyler. You know okay, this. You don't get Matt to make. Stafford, you don't get to pick both teams, Tyler. You know Matt Stafford is expected to play. He does have
0: an injury. Yes, but, but if he does not play, I feel like I. All right, fine. I'm still gonna pick the Rams,
1: even though all Matt right. Stafford doesn't play. That's a free pick for you. That's a free pick, and I'm gonna take it. You know, I need it with a two game. Deficit in our picks here. Um, Our fourth game that we're going to be picking this week, the Dallas Cowboys are heading up to Philly to face the Eagles. The Cowboys have really turned it around after that beatdown they took against the 49ers, beat the Rams, beat the Chargers. I don't know if that's saying much, to be honest, especially when you're going to go up and play the Eagles this week. And we've seen Philly kind of dominate everybody they played, except for the Commanders last week. Um, But the Commanders kind of always play them tough. Uh, Tyler, I'm going to make my pick first. You know I'm not picking the Cowboys in this one. I'm going with the Eagles, 8-1. I do have some concern with Jalen Hurts and his knee. Um, He's obviously limping on it when he's trying to run away and and, and gets first downs there. Um, It could affect the tush push, could affect some other plays here down the line. Hopefully he gets right so the Eagles can have a deep run this year. But I'm going to take Philly over Dallas in this one.
0: With all due respect to the Bengals and Bills, why is this game Sunday night primetime? I mean, this is a primetime matchup. Um, Yeah, I've seen the Eagles play a few times this season. I really like their style of football. The Dallas Cowboys, they're playing really good right now. Might be playing the best in the NFC. But travel to Philadelphia, these two teams hate each other. I got the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, it. Last two weeks? Last two games for the Cowboys, the way they beat the Chargers, the way they played last week. I think, uh oh. <laughs>
1: Oh, OK. Stop. All right. Those are the... short. Like anybody could beat the Chargers, man. Anybody could beat the Chargers, Tyler. The Chargers implode whenever they have a chance to. If the score is within three points of so the Chargers see it, they're losing, man. They're losing. And the Rams are just not the Rams anymore. They're not the Rams anymore. I give the Cowboys a lot of credit. Sure. But like it's not going to they're not the best team in the NFC. They're not playing like the best team in the NFC. The Eagles are. I said the last two games, the Cowboys are playing like the best. Team. I think I, so. st- I still take the Eagles in the last two games <laughs> over the Cowboys. We'll see. Pick the Cowboys then, Tyler. No, pick no, the Cowboys I'm then. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm OK, not. OK. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Tyler. What I thought. <laughs> All right. We got game of the week potential here in our last pick. We got the Buffalo Bills going to face the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, obviously, we know the history in this one. This is going to be a Sunday night football game here. Uh, thankfully, it's not on a Monday night football game. Um, you know, obviously, if you haven't checked out our interviews with DeMar Hamlin on usatoday.com, check those out. We spoke to him this week. He has not played much and very thankful that he, we still have him here with us after what we saw in that Monday night football game earlier this year. Uh, we also saw the, the the Bengals beat down the Bills in the playoffs last season um, in Buffalo. So this is a rematch of the, of the game that happened in Cincinnati earlier earlier this year. Uh, Tyler, who you like in this one? You got the Bills or do you got the Bengals at home? This is a bad matchup for Buffalo. They're thin at cornerback. They
0: really have a hard time uh, throwing the receivers outside of uh, Stephon Diggs. You have a Bengals team that is playing on a hot streak right now. Joe Burrow looks healthy. Jamar Chase is playing like we're used to seeing, I got the Bengals winning at home. It was going to be an emotional game because of everything that happened with DeMar Hammer, but I got Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take Cincinnati as well on this one, too. Um, Josh Allen is dealing with a shoulder injury um, that he hurt in their Thursday night football game against the Bucks. He um, did not practice on Wednesday, so I am concerned about that. I don't like any of the Bills' backups, um, and I don't like anybody else outside of Stefan Diggs to really help that team. Um, offensively maybe James Cook Um, but if Josh Allen doesn't play the Bengals the the Bills are in trouble and I think even if Josh Allen does play the Bills will be in trouble Um, the Bengals woke up last week in San Francisco Tyler they beat one of the best defenses in the NFL and Joe Burrow is 100% healthy Um, I think uh, everybody's going to be put on notice by the Bengals again on Sunday Night Football that they are a contender still and will be as long as Joe Burrow is healthy All right, well, that'll do it here for us on It's a Football Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening again. uh, If you haven't already, download our USA Today Sports Plus app, wherever you get your favorite apps, on your phone. Remember, guys, we want you to have all the latest news and updates from USA Today Sports right on your phone. If you haven't already, share the podcast out as well with a friend, man. Let, Let us... Let us uh, entertain you guys as well. But thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again next week.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.
1: Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast